What happened to men opening the door for his lady, pulling out her chair for her to sit, ordering for her at the restaurant, walking hand in hand, placed strategically next to the curb so she won't get splashed by a car driving by? What happened to men heading the household, providing for the family, single bank accounts for the household? What happened to men? Carly Rockin' in the School of Life. He is here talking about stuff and whatever's going on in his brain. You know it is 100% Bridget! All right, here I am. It's me talking about living life and loving Jesus. <laughs> I hope I hope you're grabbing hold of all this. God is so good. I enjoy just doing stuff for Him, and uh, it's been a it's been a, a great time with this revamp of the way we're doing things here at 100% Richard. And I just want to thank you for watching on Facebook and listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and and iHeartRadio and Pandora and wherever a podcast is thank you guys for listening and for checking me out on youtube um so if you're new to if you're new to watching me here on youtube make sure to hit the like button the subscribe button ring the bell do all the stuff required so that you get notifications the next time my video or audio pops up and that would be greatly appreciated so that you can hang out with me every friday and beyond <laughs> real quick um if you take a look down in the description if you're watching me on youtube I got, I got merchandise, and if you're listening to me on audio, make sure to check out um, the links there. I got some merchandise available. I'm actually wearing the shirt where you can see it on YouTube, so go check that out. And by the way, the hat that I have on today, I got directly from Wild Bull Products. I actually, I actually use the beard butter that they put out, and the beard butter um, is really smooth. It doesn't, it doesn't mess with your any other cologne smells. It smells really good. It's really good stuff. So make sure to check out wildbull.shop. Own your game. So here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I think I'm ready. All right, I'm ready. So so if you listen to the intro, which I hopefully you did, and it didn't send you away, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about men because men are awesome. <laughs> and men should be awesome. And because society over the past several years have taken away what the man is, they moved him from the dominant figure to a parody of what he once was. Long gone are the John Waynes and the Clint Eastwoods. Just watch the new movies today. <laughs> and we as men in society have been reduced to, in stature to take second place behind our wives and our girlfriends. So how do we live life loving Jesus as a man in today's society and stand for the biblical manhood described in the Bible? And with all these bullets being shot at us from society, we must be bulletproof and stand for what it is that we were designed to be, God-fearing, dominant warriors, because that's who we are. That's what we were designed to be. A warrior is somebody that goes out and takes the land, is somebody that goes out and does something, and, 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 we, and we jump forward into things, and, and we make decisions and things of that nature. But let me tell you how this all started, because there was a specific design for man in the beginning of time when God created the earth. So this is how it started. God made man and told man, you have dominion over all things on the earth. Dominion over all things on the earth. Dominant warrior. Genesis 126 says this. 
Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds in the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This is the verse where we see something interesting. God says, let them have dominion over all the stuff. The first thing we go to here is control for, for the word dominion, which is its actual simplest definition. But as we move forward through the word and find out for ourselves, at this verse, something slightly different happens. Watch this. So God said, there's man. There they are. Here's man. He's out here doing his thing. Take dominion over all the fish, over the seas, and everything. And then you go down to, to Genesis 2, and there's a shift because God creates the Garden of Eden. So the Garden of Eden didn't exist when man was created originally. So he creates the Garden of Eden and says, hey, I need somebody to take care of my stuff. So in Genesis 2.15, it says, then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. So he said, you were once here in this place. Now I'm going to take you. I just picture him picking up like a king or something from a chest plate, from a chessboard, you know. He just picks him up from here and puts him in the Garden of Eden. So there's, there's Adam in the Garden of Eden. So my thought here is God made man in the wilderness where he, had to, where he had to be dominant and have control over all this stuff. Then he was placed in the garden where now he tends and keeps it. So now we shift from control and we start to take care of, guard, or watch over. So in other words, protect God's stuff. So God creates the Garden of Eden. He takes man from where he was before puts him inside the garden, and now he goes from dominant, dominion, so he still has dominion over all the stuff that are in there, right? But now God says, tend it and keep it. And what does that mean? Tending and keeping means to um, take care of, to guard over or watch over. And in another, in, in another word, I just said this a couple seconds ago, is to protect it. So we have to protect God's stuff. And man was alone. <laughs> So he's sitting there in the garden going, okay, you're a cow. All right, you're a, you're a blue jay. You're a, another kind of bluebird. So you're a bluebird. <laughs> you're, you're a raven. You're a blackbird. <laughs> Whatever. So man was alone. So he's over here doing all this stuff. And there was no other like him. There were fish, there were animals, there were all these other things, but there was nothing else like him. So he has control over all this stuff. And the ability to take care of and guard over and watch over, this is this is Adam's life. This is man's life. Just, I'm guarding this. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And basically protecting, loving, and making sure nothing happens to God's stuff. And then we jump down to Genesis verse 2.18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So I think the word actually says something like, I will make a helper comparable to him, because that's what I just read. <laughs> so look at this word here, comparable. There's two things here. There's a helper and the word comparable. So God makes, it, it, well, we'll read this and we'll, we'll find this out in a minute. God makes a woman out of Adam's rib and makes, him, makes her comparable to him and a helper to him. She was designed a little less, not quite or exactly. Not anything less that was created. So she wasn't less than the animals or anything like that. Like the animals and stuff. Um, created to be able to do things comparable, comparable to man. 
but with difference. One translation says, made just right for him. In other words, they would connect like a puzzle, so to speak. <laughs> Not exactly the same. A helpmate for a long journey to be fruitful and multiply. So man has dominion and has to care over everything God created. In one simple instruction, that's it. He has one instruction. Don't eat from the tree. <laughs> you, all, you all know the tree, right? You know the tree? In case you don't know the tree, Genesis 2.17. But of the tree of good knowledge, of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So God's telling Adam. This is actually in verse 17, so it's before the woman was made. There, see that tree over there? Don't eat from that tree. It'll tell you the truth. It'll, it'll tell you the difference between good and evil. It won't be the same anymore once you eat that. So the woman ends up getting deceived by the snake, the devil, Beelzebub, the tempter, the enemy of old. You know, the thoughts and things that go against God's word. So immediately somebody comes in to mess them up, right? And so they eat. Eve eats. Oh, it's so good. It tasted so pretty and it looked so pretty. The snake told me so, the talking snake. How did Adam not know there was a talking snake? He just sat and named everything. Well, anyway. <laughs> so there's a consequence. She hands the apple. She hands the fruit over to Adam. And Adam goes, sure, why not? And eats it too, right? Even though he was told. So he knew the truth, but the truth was not relayed. In order, if the truth was relayed properly, this is my personal thought. If the truth was relayed pro properly to Eve, she would not have been deceived. So it's Adam's fault. So here's the consequence of what they did. This is Genesis 3, 16 through 19. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the land. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So basically he's saying, look, you could have had eternal life with me in this garden. I gave you one instruction. One. One instruction. And you messed it up. So now... Your wife's going to feel pain when she gives birth, which usually means, I hate you for doing this to me. Not my, my wife didn't do that. She was like, she wanted kids so bad she didn't care. <laughs> and then man has to toil the ground. So where before the ground just did its thing and all he had to do was guard over it, now he has to work. See, he didn't tell Eve, you now have to work. He told Adam, you now have to work. You now have to use your body. You have to be physical and do the things in the earth in order to make things grow, and it's not going to grow good for you. So you're going to be messed up in the process of doing this in order to get your fruit, right? So this is what's happening now. So because of this fall of man, <coughs> he has slipped into a place of complacency. Whether we put our, whatever we put our hands on turns to mush. It may seem that we don't, that we can't get the upper hand on anything in this life. This is just, this is the curse. And the woman doesn't want to be ruled over. She now wants to wants to control and be comparable to the man again. So see, she was forced to be ruled over. 
So because of the thing, he, he took God where they were comparable to each other. And then God took man and said, you will rule over your wife. She doesn't want that. That's not the way it was. She wants to be the helpmate, comparable. So this is what happens. Watch this. So in reality, men want to get back to being men. They want to get back to being dominant, protecting, loving, and making sure nothing happens to God's stuff. And guess what? Woman is God's stuff. And in my opinion, the only way to do that is to know God like we did in the garden. The God-fearing part. We have to get back to knowing how it was and how life was in the garden. Here's Romans 5, 18 through 19. Therefore, as the one man's offense, Adam's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, though one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So Adam made the mistake, Jesus justifies life. One man's mistake, come on, one man's offense. Come on, it's good. This is verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous, right standing with God. So Adam made this mistake. He ate the fruit. Now we have to bear the consequence of the fruit. So in order to get back to garden living, the man has to know Jesus. Because of Jesus, one man's obedience, we gain righteousness. We come back in line with God's original plan for man. And frankly speaking, the world does not like this. The people that were more still being deceived by the snake and all that stuff, the people that are still being deceived by the veil, they have the veil over their eyes and they can't see who Jesus is, they don't want the man to be in control. They don't want the man to be dominant. They don't want the man to take care of stuff. They don't want the man to be in these positions. And the man currently in this country has become an elusive creature that seems to get a bad rap. But I'm here to tell you that the man is making a comeback. He's becoming prominent again. And because this creature has gotten a bad rap over time, the man that is being raised up today has to be bulletproof because the world is shooting at us daily and trying to knock us down and kill the biblical man. The world is out to get the biblical man. They don't want you doing the things that God wants you to do. Am I saying that women can't do anything? No. There's an, there is absolutely nothing wrong with a strong woman because she's a, if she's got Jesus, she's a helpmate, come on, and comparable to man. I have four of the most awesome daughters that any father can ask for. And I raise them to understand that they need to be able to be independent, strong females, and not to depend on a man in their lives. Why? Because not all men are good. <laughs> and if they come across somebody that's a mess, they don't need to be in that. So they were all taught how to work hard, carry heavy objects, swing hammers, change their own tire. And why? Because they need to know how to do those things when a man ain't around. See, a man should be in the place to change the tire. But if you ain't there, man, the woman should be able to change the tire. <laughs> and then a couple of them got married. Two of my daughters got married or, you know, they're out there doing their thing. They, beca and they became a helpmate to their husbands because they were comparable to them and can do what needs to get done. They have become awesome women and wives, and they are raising awesome kids of their own now. 
And that gives me a proud daddy moment. <laughs> Love you, daughters, if you happen to listen to this one. Men today are portrayed in the media, movies, and TV shows as the weaker vessel on married relationships. So whenever you see these newer shows, the man's always getting put down. He's always getting put in his place, or he doesn't make enough money, or blah, 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 blah. And they're constantly putting away. He doesn't take care of the kids. You know, he can't do these things. And that's a crock of stuff. And this is the reverse of what God has planned. If we accept this as men, we're allowing ourselves to be shot, basically stepping directly into the line of fire. If we accept this, if we if we go, well, that's what that's what I'm portrayed to be, that's what I might as well be, then you're accepting what the devil has created instead of what God has created, and you've stopped being dominant and you've stopped caring and taking care and tending the, the stuff that you're protecting God's stuff. A bulletproof man does what the word says in his marriage. Now look at this. This is the, this is where the controversy lies, right here. Because wives get all ticked off. <laughs> this is Ephesians 5, 22 through 25. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be their own so let the wives be their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself to her. So watch this. Wives, submit to your own husbands. This is where the world stops and says, wives, you shouldn't have to be submissive to your husband. But it says also as to the Lord. So you're, you're submitting to man, you're submitting to husband as you would submit to God as you would submit to Jesus, as you would submit to the things the Holy Spirit has for you to do. That's the type of submission. It's not a submission under the table weird stuff or your iron fist things. Watch this, watch this. So verse 25 actually says it all. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church. And let's do this. First of all, what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Never mind. First Corinthians 13, this is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Now let's take a look at that because this is how we're supposed to treat our wives, men. We're supposed to be loving, which means we're supposed to be patient. We're, patient. we're supposed to be patient. We're supposed to be kind. We can't be envious. We can't boast about it. Can't be prideful in it. We can't dishonor others in it. Come on. You see what I'm getting at? And this is how Jesus treats the church. Just think of all the stuff that you do bad, and Jesus never reaches down and smacks you in the face. So, man, if you're doing that kind of stuff, you ain't a real man. <laughs> you can't be reaching out and smacking her in the face. <laughs> so Jesus gave his life for the church, as man should be willing to do for his wife. This is not ruling with an iron fist as the world says it is. This is creating a partnership with the one that was made specifically for you. Genesis 2.18, I'm going to read this again. Then the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. 
I will make a helper who is just right for him. So here's the reality. So it is with Jesus, Holy Spirit, we return to God-fearing dominant warriors that take care of, guard, and watch over God's stuff. In other words, we protect the things that God has given us. That t- that's the earth, that's our wife, that's our family, and that's why we're called the head of the household, because we're willing to take the bullet. We are bulletproof to all that the world fires at us, and we will move forward into greatness. And we praise God as mighty, mighty men. Psalm 71, 21 through 24. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Also with the loot, I will praise you and your faithfulness, O my God. To you I will sing with the harp, O Holy One of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you and my soul which you have redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all the day long. For they are confounded, for they are brought to shame, those who seek to hurt me. Right on, right on.